Today is a very special day, a lot going on. First and foremost, it is the memorial of Our Lady of Lords. And with us today as rector, I'd like to wish, welcome the Catholic Choir from the United States Military Academy at West Point, joining us to you know, sing wonderful praise in honor of Our Lady. And I must admit, as a chaplain candidate in the Navy, I would have gone with, uh, you know, the Naval Academy Catholic Choir, if, but Annapolis was too far. Uh, but, and uh, we'll, we'll, we'll take West Point Catholic Choir, uh, you know, so far sounding absolutely amazing. And I didn't let your Catholic, uh, I didn't let the choir director know, but in order to eat lunch, you have to first sing Anchors Away. Uh, and if you'd like dessert, then the Marine Corps hymn. <laughs> but actually, it's actually very special that you join us on this day in which we honor Our Lady of Lords, who calls herself the Immaculate Conception because our, our religious community, the Marians of the Immaculate Conception, goes back to the founding of, with St. Stanislaus. And not only did he want us to honor and promote the Immaculate Conception, he also had a, uh, zealous devotion to pray for deceased soldiers because he himself was an army chaplain for the Polish military back in the 1600s, uh, you know, for that military which actually saved Western civilization at the Battle of Vienna. And so I, I invite you to befriend St. Stanislaus. Uh, his statue here, his relic here, maybe after mass, uh, you can venerate his relic here and ask him to uh, be with you throughout your military career. And I ask everyone here and all those watching to pray for our uh, young men and women uh, serving our nation. Today is also World Day of the Sick, and so we pray for all the sick and their caretakers. Today is the second anniversary of the death of Father Seraphim Mikolenko, who was such a pillar in our community. He was the one who translated the diary of St. Faustina promoted that great message of mercy, uh, which is so fitting for us Marians because the Immaculate Conception is the greatest fruit of the mercy of God, that not only should she be saved from all sin, but would be preserved from all sin. And so actually the chalice we're using today at this Mass is the chalice of Father Seraphim. And Our Lady of Lords is such a special feast day because of that connection of Our Lady being the Immaculate Conception. And many, many miracles and graces have taken place at the shrine in France. Since the founding of the shrine, where the Miraculous Springs came about, uh, you know, Our Lady asked St. Bernadette to make sure a shrine is built where those miraculous springs appeared. Over 7,000 miracles, physical healings, have been unexplained since the 1800s. And 70 of those miracles have been officially documented by the Vatican with complete uh, you know, documentation of doctors and others. And one of those 
is a very special story of a man named Gabriel uh, Gargnum. He was born in 1870, and he grew up in a devout Catholic family, but at the age of 15, he left the faith and proclaimed himself an atheist. And at the age of 29, he was involved in a terrible railroad accident. Trains colliding, he went out, uh, flew you know, 52 feet in the air, was lying in the snow for seven hours before they found him, and he was on the brink of death. But he was saved, but in a miserable condition. He was bedridden, completely paralyzed uh, from the waist down, and he had to have two nurses always attending to him. He couldn't do anything for himself. Uh, he, he described it basically as a, a living death, and he couldn't eat, so he was wasting away to a mere 78 pounds, even though he was normally a, a big fellow. And his aunt, who was a nun, uh, begged him, why don't you go to Lourdes and ask for a miracle of healing there? And, you know, he would refuse and refuse, and his mother, who was praying for him, also asked, why don't you just go to Lourdes? Like, what harm can it do? So after two years of doing nothing but lying in bed, they finally make the pilgrimage to Lourdes. And he, you know, couldn't bear all that movement. He, he was looking like he was going to die. And so everyone along the way is like, we got to turn back, you know, we can't, we can't do this. And the mother insisted, no, just get him to Lourdes. And they make their way, they finally arrive, and wouldn't you know it, a great miracle does occur. After 15 years, he goes to confession and receives Holy Communion. That's the greatest miracle, a spiritual healing, a spiritual you know, integrity restored. And then he's brought to the miraculous waters at Lourdes, and he's tenderly placed down into the waters, and no effect. Actually, it looked like it was a bad effect because it looked like he died. He, he passed out and he wasn't coming to. And they were waiting and waiting and they realized, you know, it looked like he had died. So they started carrying him back on a stretcher with his face covered. And as they're making their way back to the hotel, there's a Eucharistic procession walking by. And the priest who's holding the monstrance sees the covered body and makes the sign of the cross over Gabriel. And Gabriel pops up, sits up to everyone's bewilderment. And then he declares himself cured. And everyone's thinking, well, this is just his delirium before dying. Uh, but then Gabriel actually gets up and starts walking. So his friends and family are completely shocked. He truly was healed. And this physical healing was a great sign of that spiritual healing, manifestation of that actual healing he really needed spiritually. And so he became a very uh, devoted member of taking care of the sick and carrying the sick to the waters at Lourdes the rest of his life, you know, on stretchers. And this was a documented miracle because he had sued the railroad company 
and had doctors, many doctors testify on his behalf that he was going to be a cripple for life. And so all those doctors that, you know, were testifying in court, they were, you know, completely uh, just amazed. And so that's why this is one of those 70 miracles that was able to be documented because of how fiercely the, the railroad company was fighting not having to, to pay him money to take care of him. Our Lady, she desired this shrine at Lourdes because she wants to comfort her children, like we heard in the first reading. As a mother comforts her child, so will I comfort you. Our mother wants to care for us in all those little ways. And in our gospel reading, we hear how she indeed watches out for all those little details. You know, sometimes we can't just have the essentials. Sometimes it's our mom who has to make sure we enjoy the little things. And it's Our Lady who notices the wine runs short at that wedding in Cana. She goes to Jesus, and the Lord says, you know, his hour has not come. This is not, this is not the right time. But he is completely obedient to his mother because he is all holy. And what is her response then to the servants? Just like we servants of the Lord, it's the same response she tells. Do whatever he tells you. That's it. If you go to Mary, if you go to our mother, you don't have to worry about her getting in the way of the will of God. She's going to lead you to the will of God. Do whatever he tells you. And so the servants bring the jars of water, and Jesus turns that water into wine. The same Jesus who turned that water into wine is present here today in the Eucharist, that same Eucharist which resurrected, which healed Gabriel at Lourdes, right here at Mass, when his priest consecrates the body and blood. And so that bread and wine that we bring here at Mass will turn into the body, blood, soul, and divinity of our Lord. If our Lord can turn water into wine, he can turn bread and wine into his body and blood. And the Lord has much to give through that gift of the Eucharist. He wants to bring us complete healing and Holy Communion we are made whole because we are united with the one we were made for. St. Augustine says, our hearts are restless until they rest in you, O Lord, because you have made us for yourself. And so in Holy Communion, we get that foretaste of that, that great union that we are destined for in heaven. And in adoration, when we gaze upon the Eucharist, we can gaze upon the Eucharistic face of our Lord, in which, you know, the blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. And we already get a foretaste of that in adoration. But how do we become pure in heart? 
through the intercession of Our Lady, she who is all pure. That is why she, here, you know, this chapel, this at the National Shrine of Divine Mercy, before it became the National Shrine, it was also dedicated to not only our merciful Lord, but the Immaculate Conception, because she is the crowning glory of the Lord's mercy. And she is the one who brings Jesus to us. And just like Jesus comes through us to Mary, he wants us to go to him through Mary. And she, who is all pure, she will preserve you from all sin if you consecrate yourself to her and place yourself like little children under her mantle. Her all-protecting mantle will preserve you from all sin, from all attacks of the evil one. She will bring you to the Lord to have that healing that the Lord desires to give you. Whether it be physical healing, spiritual healing, mental healing, emotional healing, the Lord wants to heal you, and he can do it. He changed that water into wine. He changes his bread and wine into his body and blood. And he can make you one with God. He can transform your life. And he has much that he wants to give you. You know, at the wedding at Cana, he gave the best wine. But in order to do that, we have to bring him the empty jar filled with water, not completely empty. We have to bring our jars to the Lord with something. We can't come to him empty-handed. And so our Lord, you know, he tells St. Faustina, I desire to give much, so ask for much. But on the other hand, souls who ask for little, I am saddened because they narrow their hearts. So come to the Lord with great trust through the intercession of Our Lady of Lords. Bring him jars completely filled so that he may transform them into everything that you need, into even just the little joys of life which Our Lord and Our Lady desire to give you. May Our Lady of Lords intercede for all of us, especially the sick, those most need of the healing, that they may experience the great mercy of God and come to be completely devoted to our Lord through her intercession. Are you a Marian helper? Join our Spiritual Benefit Society and start sharing in the graces of all the daily masses, prayers, and good works of Marian priests and brothers all over the world. Sign-up is free and easy. Simply visit micprayers.org. That's micprayers.org. Thank you, and God bless you. Please follow or subscribe to this podcast to receive the latest episodes and updates. If you have been blessed by this podcast, I invite you to leave a review. Reviews greatly improve our podcast ranking and will help spread this podcast to other people throughout the world. Are you enjoying this podcast? I invite you to listen to more shows brought to you by the Marian Fathers of the Immaculate Conception. Join us daily for enriching spiritual content, which will help you on your journey with Jesus Christ. Simply visit divinemercyplus.org for a complete list of our shows. 
That's divinemercyplus.org. Are you a Marian helper? Join our Spiritual Benefit Society and start sharing in the graces of all the daily masses, prayers, and good works of Marian priests and brothers all over the world. Sign up is free and easy. Simply visit micprayers.org. That's micprayers.org. Thank you, and God bless you.